morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is The Material Podcast, episode number 262. And I am your host, Florence Ion, and I am joined here virtually by my co-host, Andy Anako. Hi, Andy. Hello. It's exciting. We have another palindromic episode number. This speaks well of, of our fortunes for today. It's true. And if you add it all up, because apparently I've taken to doing this, it is number 10. Or if you're doing numerology, it is number one. Supposedly, that would say some things about us. We don't have time to get into it. Uh, instead, Andy, I you know, I would like to know, are you doing anything to prepare for the country's annual reminder that uh, we stole land <laughs> from uh, its native peoples? <laughs> well, uh Kind of. I do. I, I do have the uh, Team USA baseball jersey that I mentioned last week, uh, and it's. I did take it out. I, did, I, I believe I mentioned it last week. It is. It is my. It is my selection for. I want to uh, be part of the uh, of a uh, of a patriotic sort of holiday slash acknowledgement slash tradition. However, I want to do. I want to choose an article in clothing that indicates that I'm not a colossal jerk. Who like is going to wear no mask but thirteen guns in public to show that I can't be pushed around? I simply <sighs> am fond of the fact that at a time when both sense of grand with when three of my four grandparents desperately needed to move out of Eastern and Central Europe and needed a good place where they could land, that there was a country like this that would allow them to land here and become citizens. And that, I, though I'm not a I'm not fond of the entire playbook mm-hmm. of the United States mm-hmm. of America. Mm-hmm. I am fond mm-hmm. of enough of it to continue to stay here. Also, on the on the negative side, however, the uh, humor uh, McSweeney's uh, internet tendency. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm a pat- I'm, I'm a uh, I'm on their Patreon, and partly because sometimes they have like special. Hey, look, we're short of like material on this subject, right. and they were doing it. Hey, we were desperate for like Fourth of July stuff, and so I wrote a piece about uh flag protocol you know there 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 were like formal flag protocols that remember that the banner should be and the field should always be this right. way and the and so i i wrote a set of formal flag protocols for people flying a like 6 by 12 foot american flag on the back of their pickup truck and good stuff unfortunately two th- i think two thirds of it i can keep the other third of it is admittedly making some value judgments of the sort of people who have a pickup truck and choose to put not simply a, re- a reasonably large flag on it but the again the like the 8 by 12 foot we stole this from like an airport sort of flag and i feel as though that's that's unkind and that's not uh, that's not the sort of spirit that I want to. F- I'm I, okay. I'm I'm lying. I'm saying that I'm trying to figure out if it's the the one third of those jokes are funny enough to justify making a huge uh, judgment about the people who, again, are driving past the airport. They see that eight by sixteen foot flag that is perfectly reasonably sized for the flagpole outside an airport, and decide, hey. I bet if I come back after the airport is shut down and stole that, that would look really, really nice hanging off the back of my truck. You know, we used to do this with Romanian flags in my family. Uh, it was it was like a thing, I guess, for a short while. Everybody in 
the little community that I was a part of growing up and just it put Romanian flag stickers on the back of their cars or like little EU bumper stickers. Just let everybody know, well, you know, Romania is finally part of the EU and look at us. We're we're European. We're 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 not from here. Uh, and then, you know, um, bad stuff happened. And <laughs> <laughs> those stickers all got turned into American flag stickers. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, the allegiance to that just kind of went out the window for whatever reason. I just am personally excited uh, for a couple of days off. Usually Fourth of July or any other major holiday like this is a good time for freelancers to just take a break because, it, you know, usually our emails, your inbox is dead. You know, editors are out. No one's answering. No one cares about your missing invoice. They're on vacation. Accounts payables nowhere to be seen near their computers. So you might as well go off and enjoy your time that you have. Uh, without having to do any work. So I decided that this weekend, um, what I'm going to do is eat a lot because that's <laughs> that's pretty much the only thing that I can do. So we have like a long list of, uh, of food that we've put on the 4th of July menu. And, and let me see if I can pick it up here. I have it. I have it in paper form right here in front of me because I still use paper. And as I'll show Andy in our little Skype window, it's all it's all marked down with <laughs> wow. washi tape and color coded um, as well. Listen, uh, Andy, you can understand that this is the anxious brain at work on a piece of paper. This is what it looks like. <laughs> so <laughs> this is just my brain color-coded. Uh, so for the July food includes <clears throat> a rack of ribs. Uh, have you ever heard of something called Mississippi caviar? No, I assume it's testicle-related, however. No, no, absolutely not. Okay. Uh, It is. Let me look it up, actually. So Mississippi caviar is basically a delicious dip made with black-eyed peas. So it includes black-eyed peas, black beans, Italian dressing, jalapeno peppers, bell peppers. uh, And if you want, here in California, we add a little California flair by just adding an avocado. Um, so, so that's on the menu, Mississippi caviar, which I requested, uh, mac and cheese, which we ordered from a local, uh, a local, uh, catering place that's been doing like fancy meals for those of us at home. Um, so, you know, it's doused in like four different kinds of cheeses and, and plus some breading, um, hot dogs of various types. Uh, we have your regular hot dogs, uh, your regular, your regular beef frankfurters, uh, your regular, just brats and uh, for me the chicken apple sausage, which I enjoy. Um, s'mores as a dessert, so that's on the menu. We're gonna go out, and, you know, we're gonna or perhaps make them over the stove. We'll see how the wind yep. fares that night. Can no I, California can, fires. Can, can I float something out there? <laughs> yes, I, I have a. Uh, you've ever heard of a of a of an, a kitchen kitchen tool known as the searsall? Yes, I think I have. Yeah, it's a it's a thing you put on the end of a, uh, the business end of like a, a propane. Uh, propane torch so that you can sear like steaks and stuff with You've it. You've told me about this. You've told me that you made s'mores using this. Yes. Because didn't you get one of these through Amazon recently? I got well, I, I got one a long time ago. It's just that for for reasons that have been lost to the mists of history, uh, I there was there was some sort of like incredible. I think it was th- some sort of end of the year thing where the local supermarket thought for some reason that everybody would be having like one final like camp out or cookout or barbecue, and therefore we need to have wall to wall like. Hershey bars and 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 craft marshmallows and boxes right. of graham crackers in the store, and then 
the date came and went and they realized they seriously overestimated the general public's need for s'more supplies and uh, related related supplies. And I wound up like coming home with like, well, okay, for that price, sure, I'll take some of this expecting fully expecting that I was just simply going to enjoy graham crackers and and then realize, hey, wait a minute, I do have this Sears all and I do have heat resistant like plates and stuff. There's nothing stopping me from while watching this movie in my living room, like making s'mores, so long as I don't hold it over flammable furniture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll be darned. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fact that uh, I didn't hurt myself or burn anything down meant that it couldn't possibly be as dumb an idea as any of uh, our listeners are now thinking that it must have been. <laughs> well, so now that's the dessert. So that's going to be the topping off of the whole. With, with the, the thing that I'm really most looking forward to, um, and this might get into the territory of of too much for our listeners' ears, and so just want to sit you out with a content warning. Um, but the thing that I'm most excited to indulge in this weekend is nacho cheese. And I'm talking nacho cheese in a jar. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. The liquidy, goopy nacho cheese that if you heat it up and you mix in a little salsa, you've got yourself a nice, just little, you know, festive dip. Um, If you want to get real wild, you could take some of that cheese and you could dollop it on each and every one of your hot dogs. (laughs) (laughs) I love nacho cheese from a jar. I am very much looking forward to this. Um... That's that's how you enjoy your time off, not only in quarantine, but this is just just how you enjoy your time. You know, I'm a connoisseur of food, but as we all know, I love to watch garbage. So naturally, <laughs> I also love to eat garbage. Um, and that's what I'm really looking forward to doing this weekend. So I'm going to be doing that while wearing um, I bought us. I don't know if you can see in the back, but I bought us um little like or these giant fourth of july necklaces oh. <laughs> just like wear around the house like red white and blue <laughs> um you know because i just that that's the most fun that and, and my fourth of july scrunchie which i've been wearing all week it's an american <laughs> flag scrunchie so that's that's my quote-unquote patriotism uh it includes cheese in a jar so <laughs> tostitos brand by the way is my favorite cheese in a jar in one hand aerosol cheese in the other hand that's oh my that's, that's my that's oh my husband is into aerosol fireworks cheese. Of, of of taste excitement in america i actually can't do that i actually cannot do cheese in a can for some reason that goes too far for me but my <laughs> husband loves it he'll just like i'll walk into his room sometimes i don't even know that he bought it you know because usually he does the grocery shopping you know, thankful to him for that. And I'll go upstairs and I'll open the door and the baby's on the floor, you know, trying to roll around. And he's over there with his big beard on because he hasn't shaved in God knows how long. Uh, and just just cheese in the mouth, just just right in there, just squirting it. Box of crackers here on the desk, not being touched, just <laughs> cheese in the mouth. Uh, but, you know, it, it, you really you really have to. You really have to have the talent to be able to take cheese that way. So I think I just don't have it. I, I, I don't have well, that in me. You know, to, to each their own. I'm not judging if he, if this is if this is what pleases him. If that's the delivery mechanism of choice, 
I, I, you know, I'm, I'm older. I, I want to have like a, I want to make it, give it more of a sense of occasion because I don't treat myself to aerosol cheese all the time. Mm-hmm. So I make these hors d'oeuvres. I take uh, Oreo cookies and I twist them apart. So you take like the top half of the Oreo, you put the aerosol cheese on it, uh, and then you take like some sea salt and a couple of like rocks of what? sea salt on that. And then you get you have a lovely holiday like or because it works for any holiday because you can spell out words uh, with the aerosol cheese. That's one of the things that those snooty Frenchie files with their soft cheeses and their artisanal deep cave methods. You know, f- fine. Show me that's a, that's a lovely brie that's been made by your family members by the same methods and the same production line for the past 140 years. How do you say happy birthday, Nana, with that brie? You don't. You don't. Whereas, it's, it's very, very hard to mold brie into that way. I will exactly. say. Plus, it, like it's like it's like a what a twelve year cure. You have to know twelve years from now that you're going to be having a birthday for your mother, and that you're going to be inviting. You're going to have God willing. I'm sorry. And then, that was yeah. grim. But yes, I don't have my uh, life together to that degree. Even when there's not a, a whole wholesale pandemic in effect. Mm-hmm. I have to say, by the way, I uh, did not indulge in brie at all while I was pregnant because you're not supposed to have soft cheeses. And I have to say, I didn't miss it. <laughs> I did not miss Brie. You know what I did miss though? I missed cured meats. Yes. And you know, I'm not I'm not really a meat person. Like I'm already just kind of like, ooh, that's a that's a muscle. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a thing. Uh, you know, but but I can get behind a cured meat. So maybe it's the Eastern European in me. The fact that most of the meat that we yeah. eat has been cured, you know, in a in a cold storage place somewhere at the very end of, <laughs> of the uh village. So, you know. Anyway, that's how I'm enjoying Fourth of July. Andy, do you have any plans um, for Fourth of July this year? Not particularly. Not particularly. Obviously, I'm not like meeting up with any people. Usually, Fourth of July involves like is somebody having a cookout, and are they inviting me to drop in any time? Sure. Uh, so, yeah. Fortunately, because I live in a touristy area. I can sort of manufacture the uh, simulate a sort of like Fourth of July weekend, even though I'm really just sort of staying in my house and trying not to cook and rely on like takeout for stuff like that. There's, uh, there's, uh, I'm not sure if I'm gonna if I'm gonna try to go to the town beach. I've see, I, I've I've decided that you know how you know how uh, DJI Mavic now has like the mini. I think they call it the Mini Two quadcopter. And it's only like $400, but it's a very, very well-made, like, quadcopter. And it's like, mm-hmm. you can fold it up so that it's about the size of, I don't know, like a miniature football or something. Like, it's small if you can put it in a bag. I'm thinking that maybe for, for stuff like this, I should buy one of those and basically use it as a my drone scout for coronavirus, where <laughs> I just go, like, I go to, like, my, my little back deck. I send it up in the air. It has supposedly has a range of about a mile, which I think is would be like point to point, uh, like maybe twice the distance to the town beach because you know walking you have to fall you know you have to walk on you can't just walk across water. So I would send the drone out, fly it out, Unless keep out Jesus. the town beach to see is it is it super is it super crowded. And or are there people there who are like so who aren't socially distancing, in which case, you know what, maybe I'll just go get a pizza. Maybe I'll just go get some fried clams nearby and that's it. But once the drone reports that all is clear. So that's 
I'm basically using this as an excuse to see because I kind of really want a drone. I've wanted a drone for quite a while, and now I, I. But if it's a health-related thing, who could you know who could have predicted we'd be in the middle of a pandemic, and it would be really really important to have lifeless, soulless, emotionless drones that could conceivably be a platform for a weapon should things really go south next year or the year after that. I couldn't have foreseen that, I, and, and I can't be faulted for not having budgeted for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, but but oh, but uh, I guess we have to swing this towards Google eventually. But I will. Uh, that's it. But uh, I will. I will say that uh, I'm getting a little bit more annoyed with uh, the channels that I watch on YouTube uh, with with each passing week of this thing because yes, yes, it's now. Mo- I will say that most of the channels that I really really love are like fellow nerds like myself. Like here is the the Wintergarten uh, channel where this music where the, this musician is alone in his like studio slash workshop building this musical marble machine all alone, and, that, and he's been doing that for the past two years. Or Tech Moan, where this lovely person, lovely uh, English gentleman outside of Liverpool, like buys like old tape decks and weird old technology and fixes them again alone in his home. Bernadette Banner, whose channel I love, she's alone in her apartment in New York City, sewing things and being brilliant at it. Those and and of course those people are there. There's no. I don't feel as though I'm enabling any bad behavior. But then there's stuff like a, a couple of channels where it's uh, people with scuba gear who will like scuba dive at like places where uh, people get drunk and get into inner tubes and lose their Apple watches and use, lose their sunglasses and their rings. And oh. he'll go, di- he'll, he'll, he'll go diving oh. in those areas and see how oh, many Oh, this phones- is like dumpster diving for at the makeup like stores. Oh, yes, it's, oh it, this is it, the equivalent. It's quite, it's quite incredible. It, it is worth watching because oftentimes, like particularly in the summer, again, these people are drunk, which means that they're careless if they're careless enough to say, hey, I've just got a $1,200 phone, I know I'll take it with me unprotected, floating drunk down a down a river uh, and getting sunburned. And so he will often come back with like a dozen <laughs> like $800, $900 phones. So – and I like this show. I, I like the channel. He's good at what he does. But then when – <laughs> like in May, it's like for Memorial Day weekend. It's like, hey, look, I'm out here. We're at the this you know uh, Colonel von Splashburg Splash Park here in like the here in like Florida, where thousands and thousands of people are out here enjoying the Memorial Day weekend. Yay! Red cups in the air. Woo! Yay! Said, so, okay, dude, you're not wearing a mask, and none of these people are wearing a mask, and they were crowding around each other and around you to get into the shot to do the red solo cup. In the air cheer i'm suggesting that maybe as a channel that has like a well over like four hundred thousand subscribers perhaps you're not being a proper role model if disregarding your own safety is bad enough but you're encouraging people to think that it's normal to not want to a to be out on memorial day weekend and b to not protect also dude you have scuba gear you could be wearing your own self-contained air supply <laughs> as you really drive to point. this place as That's you walk really out of the truck <laughs> i i have to see this this is why this is the difference between me watching your channel and enjoying your channel and saying you know what i'm gonna be i'm gonna become i'm gonna join your patreon and give you like a dollar or five dollars a month because all the other people I mentioned, I'm giving them like some money a month because I feel as though I want to contribute to the financial well-being right. and security of the channel. I don't want to encourage, again, uh, scuba diver, coronavirus guy to continue to do foolish things. I will. That's I will a con- bummer. I, 
I will contribute to his GoFundMe when he's in the hospital for like three or four weeks. I hope he's not, but maybe he will be. But yeah, yeah but I, this, I mean, uh, has he not seen the maps? The maps of where everything is spreading. Yeah. Uh, although if you look at the maps, you'll see that, that it's really bad where I live. So uh, y'all can throw stones at me, I guess, because I'm just I'm I am I am in a glass house, uh, as they say. Uh, but I'm not going anywhere except except last week. I did go. I did leave the house two times and it was weird. It was weird. One time I went to the coffee shop. My first time in months, my first time since my daughter was born, Ooh. I went to the coffee shop. Uh, which means it was almost five months ago. And I, God, I miss them. I really miss the people there. And yes. I, you know, as suspected, the usual suspects were sitting outside without masks on. I knew who it was going to be. It was going to be the same gaggle of of men that are in there um, that just, <laughs> they love to loudly talk about the guns they own uh, and and the police officers they're very close friends with. Um, in I, in, and in I, mind, every, every, every fifth sentence is, what's that going to do to our taxes? And then someone yeah, says, nothing yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. That's, no, yeah, I, seriously, I do, I, they've that. been there every morning for the, <laughs> since I moved here uh, t- nearly 10 years ago. Uh, and then the other day, I also went to the grocery store, which was wild. Um, <laughs> it was so surreal being in there because I, I had not stepped foot in there since February, since the week before my daughter was born. And we went and we bulk shopped so that we would have a bunch of food in the freezer for when she would arrive and we would be screwed out of ever cooking again. Uh, and it was, it was a lot. I was very happy to see that people were wearing masks though. I was very happy. And I, and I'm noticing that now we're really taking some liberties with it, kind of, kind of integrating it as a part of our lives. So my husband and I, we've taken to just hoarding all the cute little masks that we can find from like <laughs> Etsy shops. I'd recently... I got this cute little mask in the other day and it has like itty bitty little Bart trains on it. And the Bart trains are wearing masks. Isn't that cute? (laughs) Um, And I just thought it was adorable. And so we've been buying cute little masks like this to wear. Because if you have to do something for, you know, the goodness of your community and to help protect other people, you might as well look cute doing it. You know, you might as well just get into it. And that's how I'm embracing this whole mask wearing thing. And I, I just wish the rest of the world would just catch on a little bit, you know, just kind of. Like, yeah. But uh, I don't know. So I'm thinking maybe by wearing these cute masks, I will inspire people. They'll say, yeah, that's a really cute accessory. I want one of those, too. Uh, and, and maybe that's yeah. how we can enact some change. I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I've, I've been thinking of the same thing. I have been. Uh, more than a little bit annoyed to find that again in a touristy sort of like historic y oldie fashioned y villagey that has like restaurants with like patios that have reopened mm-hmm. people who are like hauling their butts in from like twenty to forty miles away because oh let's go someplace quaint and we'll have like food that we won't have to like actually just drag back into the house and eat from the TV again. And rather, I feel as I don't care if if I'm the only person like in the that I see in the entire neighborhood as I'm walking up and down the street, like wearing wearing a mask. I feel as though my presence will remind people that oh, right, masks are still a thing. The re- I I myself, they were thinking, I'm not wearing a mask, but it's not because people aren't wearing masks. It's because I personally am not wearing a mask, and perhaps I should do something about that. Hmm. Uh, it's some it's some wild times right now, Andy. We just really, uh, we just really, we just really gotta look out for one another. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, should we <sighs> shall, shall shall we take a break because we have we have some we have some YouTube news that has. I was gonna say it's good news because it has nothing to do with the destruction of Google and YouTube as we know it, which is oftentimes an Act One feature. Uh, but it might actually have something to do with the destruction of humanity as we know it. So that that might be, you know, there are pluses and minuses to our, our lead story today, let's just say. Yeah. Let's take a quick little break. And when we get back, we've got a lot of news on Dramageddon <laughs> 1.0 and 2.0. So this week's Act 1 big story uh, was kind of, I would like to take, I would like to take full responsibility for uh, <laughs> for planting this inside Andy's head because what happened was I was listening to my usual corral of like pop culture podcasts, um, you know, advice podcasts, things of the sort. And one of um, podcast hosts who I particularly admire, uh, Molly McAleer, she is pretty great. And she did a podcast kind of distilling down all the drama of Dramageddon 1.0 and then the follow-up 2.0 because 1.0 had basically come under fire about two weeks ago. So it kind of started around like June 20th is when some of this drama started to circulate around YouTube. And then and then the whole deplatforming of Shane Dawson happened and then it just became such a big story that Funny enough, Andy, when you did the notes today, so Andy is hilarious because he did the notes basically, it's basically his internal monologue as he's reading what <laughs> what I had basically <laughs> seated him with. So I was like, Andy, here's what you need to Google for today's notes. So have fun. <laughs> it's kind of what I did because I, I wanted to see what your reaction would be because uh, I get I, I get joy out of that. I really do because I, I get joy out of you coming into my world of just like all this this ridiculous pop culture that just for somehow really taken to stake in humanity. It just happens. Um, and so the, the notes are just filled with, with uh fun little, passive fun little you, you can say, you can say passive aggression. There's I, I, I had to get myself through this. I, and well, I've, you mentioned Perez Hilton as a source at one. And I know, you know, Perez Hilton because he was, I mean, he's a terrible person, by the way, and he was very terrible to celebrities, especially in the early 2000s. Uh, but that's actually where I got my second rundown on Dramageddon was Press Hilton's Snapchat page, which I just, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, that was a very thorough rundown of what's happened. Okay, good to know. Um, all right. So what is Flo talking about? Well, Flo is talking about... There is a lot of drama happening. I mean, there's always drama happening in the YouTube beauty guru community, whatever circles. There's always drama there because that's how these people make money. They can make money by facilitating and creating drama amongst each other. And then the people who are into this world, uh, they go out and they buy their makeup palettes. <laughs> I, I don't know how this how this came to be, but... I definitely. It's, 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 it's not. Ex it's not exactly like the, the 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 famous like Harvard Business School story about the how how the company FedEx was founded. It it's like it's a very nonlinear business plan. It's successful, but let's all acknowledge that it's very nonlinear. Well, it drives me nuts because I went. You know, I I went to college and I did like all <laughs> this work to just like get a job, and then here you have you these beauty gurus, and they're just they're creating this nonsensical drama amongst each other and um, making millions and millions of dollars off of this uh, fabricated drama, which 
Maybe some of us would call them geniuses in that case, but that's neither here nor there. So Shane Dawson, uh, who some of you may know, he has been referred to as the quote unquote king of YouTube, which is obnoxious. Uh, he's a terrible person. And um, and I, I <laughs> how very journalistic of me. He's a terrible person. Um <laughs> He is allegedly, <laughs> he's allegedly he's very a terrible, terrible person, according to according to reports. I, honestly, all my journal, my journalisms, whatever, just go out the window when I'm podcasting because it's just too much to pay attention to. But anyway, <laughs> so just caveat there. Uh, and Jeffrey Star, who I do know from kind of the early days of private or not private, but public chat rooms. I don't know if you remember like chat roulette and like those really awful services that were around in the mid 2000s. Um, that's where I know that that name. But they've been called out by the makeup YouTube community for consistently offensive and ugly behavior. Uh, and there's been a larger movement to kind of help shift that power over to a younger, more enlightened and more diverse community of creators. Uh, and I, this is all completely and totally valid by the way. Uh, and we'll get into why. So Shane Dawson has 21 million subscribers, hence the title of King of YouTube. And uh, there was a New York Times article out about uh, kind of what this controversy, how it started. I shouldn't even call it controversy. It's just ridiculousness. Um, so here are some of Shane Dawson's past transgressions. Just quick little bullet bullet point form. Uh, Billions of views on YouTube by engaging in offensive humor, including several videos in blackface, mocking those with disabilities, jokes about bestiality, uh, sexualizing minors, one of whom was Will Smith's daughter. Um, And once Shane Dawson also once spoke about figuratively murdering somebody. So super great person that you totally want to hang out with and be influenced by. Um, I, I'm tr- I try hard to like find the good and everybody that I meet. I will give him credit for knowing and demonstrating the difference between figurative and literal. Sure. Uh, we're talking about like on a 10,000 point scale. He's now he's now moved the needle into the 2.1 position. Sure. But- sure. Um, so he recently apologized for some of his past behavior in a series of videos entitled Taking Accountability, which Andy notes isn't even slightly grammatically correct and doesn't augur well for the amount of thought and sincerity that he actually put into it. And I agree. Um, Taking it, accountability. Yeah, it's... Well, and, and <laughs> laugh about it because this is how YouTube is... This is how YouTube does its... This is how YouTube does its, its job, right? So, like, that's how the YouTube headlines work. You don't write... We don't write headlines, like, at the New York Times or, you know, for, like, the articles that we're writing. These headlines are just already very um, tabloidy in nature. And just imagine a giant... Uh, cover of OK Magazine, and like that's what YouTube headlines are—just like the little, <laughs> little pieces. Uh, I just, on the I just cover feel there. like like a member of his team, like is a developer who is like who is working on a machine language model using TensorFlow that takes apology videos and apology statements of over the past ten years and just generates them 
and and would come, would come up with a title like taking accountability <clears throat> i'm listening to the responsibility <laughs> of entitlement microaggressions which <laughs> wow you really put a lot of words in there that i recognize from previous apology videos from people five dollars says that google is working on that artificial intelligence <laughs> um to help to help the massive youtube uh, influencers who need to make their own apology videos so um <laughs> oh okay you did you did add that note in here i see i think you added that after the fact um yes so shane dawson recently has been uh called out for the fact that he pretended to yeah he pre- he pretended to uh well, he sexualized Will Smith's daughter, which is gross. Will in, in a gross and um, gross in and a graphic very, way, very, very yes. gross and graphic way, which I kind of just I don't want to say exactly. on this podcast even, because it's even just... that even the words that I chose were as innocu- were not innocuous enough for what. Yeah. yeah, which is why I stopped myself before reading them. Uh, did, but I do want to. It did please me about his audience that like the day after he like posted this, and and the the poster frame is like him. You can see uh-huh. by my red eyes how much I've been crying. And then you see, you you imagine like very, very sensible, like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 year olds will just like, okay, clickety, 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 search term. Ah, there's that video. And let's repost this time where you're doing that awful thing about an 11 year old girl. Yeah, and by the way, Jada Pinkett Smith and the entire Smith family. I hate that person that I was. I don't even recognize myself. And I acknowledge, oh, jeez. But I'm that sorry, perfectly yeah. sums up the era of YouTube that we're in, Andy, which is why I wanted us to talk I'm about sorry. this on the podcast today. <laughs> no, this is very important because this is very this is very we've been talking so much about all the ways that YouTube has been stumbling. And this is this is one of the ways it's been stumbling since it's dawn. And uh, okay, we got let me we gotta get into the particulars so you know <laughs> what our analysis of this is going to be. So Jeffree Star is another really like just evil person. Um, and he has been rightly so called a YouTube supervillain. Uh, and he's considered by many to be very duplicitous. And it's true. Um, I've always known Jeffree Star to be a racist because um there's there's been plenty of video evidence of that, of which it has been published to YouTube of Jeffree Star's microaggressions. Um, and he is just and also his makeup is not that good. I, I never understood <laughs> why people just went gaga over it. it. There's so many, so many other makeup brands and indie makeup brands that are so much better than what he was putting out. Um, so he uh, and, and Andy. Today, you found out that he had a line of cosmetics he was trying to call lipstick Nazi, um, which is true. He he was trying to put out a line of lipsticks, uh, which is just so, God, it just, I, this is what white privilege is. This is white privilege because he was able to make this quote unquote reference, whatever the heck he was doing, and still get paid Besides the fact that this is what he came up with, because yeah. this is just. I'm I'm <sighs> still kind of see. I, I also feel the need to point out to people who are not uh, not uh, familiar with this gentleman. He, he's a man in his 30s. He is what would be called a grown ass man. Whereas you, you see like people 12, 13, 14 
who are not even they're not they can't even drive yet let alone vote they have not lived in the world yet they still live in their high schools and in the house that they grew up in they have not been outside of their their hometowns really it still doesn't make it right but you understand that hey i i'm so glad that i didn't have like the possibility to post sub, to publish something to the entire world after i listened to a cheech and chong record and thought that this line was really really funny but i didn't really understand what it meant i just understood that it was a really really funny line however once you at some point well before you're a grown ass man in your 30s no you 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 hand back that that free pass that free pass expired a long time ago Hmm. So Jeffree Star is known for allegedly hmm, gathering damning information about fellow YouTube stars to wield over their heads as blackmail. This has been going on, by the way, for a very long time. Uh, And uh, (laughs) okay, I'm going to read you very quickly some of Andy's thoughts. So, okay, we just talked about the blackmail. That quote contains a hyperlink, Andy wrote. I guess I ought to click on that just to see what that's all about. Oh, God, it links to a Perez Hilton article. I've heard about this piece of work. Well, Google and 100 ad trackers have already logged my visit, so I might as well look at it. Andy ventures further. Okay, it looks like stories of this star fellow manipulating the dialogue about and against fellow YouTubers in ways that are deeply antagonistic and Machiavellian. Perfectly put, Andy. Including dangling purported evidence that one of them is a criminal sexual predator, but not making this evidence public as promised. Um, And of course, backlash came from that. And for those who are a little in tune with what uh, Andy was referring to in his internal dialogue, um, we're talking about the cover girl model, um, James Charles, who is also a beauty guru. Um, there, there was ridiculous controversy, controversy last year about the fact that he, uh, was him and Tati Westbrook, who's another makeup guru. It just, if you really want to go down that rabbit hole, enjoy it's, it'll keep you up all night. It's something that you definitely, um, you might want to have a beer or two for, uh, so of course there's expected backlash from all of this. And, um, Mr. Dawson and Mr. Star, as we were just referring to, this is the New York times reference to them, which I think is hilarious because I would never refer to them as gentlemen. Well, in in my case, I just couldn't be bothered to remember or look up their first names. So sure. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so they're now hemorrhaging thousands of followers and they've been facing a storm of criticism. Naturally target has removed Shane Dawson's books from its shelves, according to insider. And on Tuesday this week that we're doing the podcast, YouTube announced the company had suspended monetization across all three of Shane Dawson's channels. Finally, I don't know why it took so long though. There was plenty of reasons to do it before all this. Um, Of course, this all has more of a snowball effect. Shane Dawson is now his book is suffering, I guess, or something manuscript. uh, You know, there's a lot. There's a lot that's happening to him as a result in his business, quote unquote, as a result of uh, all this terribleness and awfulness. Um, And of course, the New York York Times' Taylor Lorenz, who I absolutely love and admire, summed up um, some of the other YouTube celebrities that have also kind of contributed in this awful manner to just the general, there's a, there's a sickness in the YouTube community and it's been going around for a while now. And 
And here's just a couple other people who have been taking a part of this sickness. So Jenna Marbles, which was a really big, this was a big news story last week, um, recently quit after backlash to an old video in which she appeared in blackface. So she removed herself from demonization on YouTube last week, which was a big deal. Uh, YouTubers David Dobrik and Liza Koshi have also faced sharp criticism for old videos in which they imitated the Japanese language. They... um, I hope one day people can learn and change and grow before they make millions of dollars doing blackface, Akilah Hughes, a YouTuber, tweeted on June 26th. My tears are reserved for all the black people who will never even attempt to have a YouTube career because they don't want to be subjected to racism all day, every day as a living. Yeah. Um, so Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star, um, they are... As Andy put it in the notes, racist dinosaurs that are hopelessly out of touch with the younger generation. I agree. Although I would say I'm in my early 30s and I'm not out of touch with the younger generation right. because see, I listen. <laughs> that, see, that so, that's oh, what I found. Part of what I found so funny about funny in the broader sense of the word about this, that I'm used to when I think of when I imagine like people, my God. This person is just from a different generation. They don't understand like how the world really is. They don't understand how anybody under the age of X is going to hear what you're saying about why these kind of people always smell funny. It's no, it's not just something you've noticed. No, it's not just an innocent little jape. I'm going to identify you as someone who is pretty darn racist and perhaps I should like not keep my children anywhere near you lest they pick up any language or ideas from you. And it's hysterically funny to me in in a, in a sense that again, you're, uh, you're grown ass men in your, in your early, in your thirties. Like I think one is 31, the other is 35, but I would see, I usually attribute that kind of stuff to, okay, well, you know what, you know, grandpa, he fought in the Korean war. (laughs) <laughs> okay, and he grew up when Amos and Andy yeah. was still on television, and so no, you don't you don't approve of it, you don't accept it, you correct it, but you understand where it's like. No, again, you are uh, you you. There are people your age that predominantly do not have these feelings, and also the idea that given that my my understanding of most of these like YouTube super hyper personalities. That every time that I find I've I come across the name of someone that the only thing they're they're being mentioned oh he's got 15 million YouTube subscribers uh, and it usually turns out that the median age of their subscribers is again like teenage early teenage and it's like the fact that these they don't understand that maybe when they grew up they thought or when they learned how to use YouTube. The idea of, oh, I'm going to get so much attention that people are going to be so mad. They're going to engage with this. And then we're going to create these hate beefs between other people that will, like, attract attention between our – now, unfortunately, their immediate audience, even though they're, again, 13, 14, 15 and under the age of 20, they are so much wiser. And they say, dude, that's messed up. I don't, I don't care what reason you're doing this from that's messed up. And this is, this is the reason why the golden girls episode in which I don't know what the episode is, but it's been in the news where they had some sort of a mud, the girls had some sort of a mud pack on and it turned into a black face joke. Like this is why those episodes being pulled down because whereas older generations understand that it's racist, understand that it's ugly imagery, but in many – again, I'll be honest about my own opinions that sometimes they're using that to play off that, oh, it's so inappropriate that this person 
when they looked in the mirror that they were just putting on a mud pack, they didn't realize what they're going to look at. Oh, isn't that awkward? Whereas the younger generation will simply say, that's messed up. That's imagery that should have been banished a long, long time ago. And the fact that these grown-ass men in their 30s that would in many in many situations would be called upon by marketers to say, help us to understand the generation Z minus generation because you seem to plug into that. Well, no, they apparently don't understand them at all because what they think is getting them engagement is actually getting them people who obviously for years have said these people are just super, super screwed up. And I want nothing to do with them. And so when the when that first rock <laughs> tumbles away from the dam, bringing forth a small jet of water, it starts to pull all the other rocks with it. And things tend to collapse very, very quickly and not incrementally. I mean, I would argue that the reason they've managed to stay around this long is because they do have all those hits and numbers. But hits and numbers don't equate to quality. Uh, and I think that th- that is something I think that's. YouTube's overarching problem right there is that uh, hits and numbers and, and, and metrics do not equate to quality content that is worth tuning into. I think the other problem with Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star, and just to provide a little more context to kind of what I was trying to distill down is there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of awfulness that I cannot possibly cover in this podcast episode with everything else that we need to talk about this week. Um, and, and I don't want to like drag you all through, you know, all this terrible, terrible mud of right. terribleness that has been happened, but these people are dangerous because they use the YouTube platform to essentially, I mean, you know, the trope about, you know, the popular girl at school spreads the rumor and like that's the thing you're scared of. It's going to like bring down your reputation. Unfortunately, these people are using YouTube in that way. Yeah, exactly. And so I think there's a really good part of the Taylor Lorenz uh, New York Times deep dive where she talks to a couple of other YouTubers and they just talk about the fact that there's so much other talent on YouTube that deserves to have the spotlight when it comes to like this beauty guru community. There are people who are way more talented than Jeffree Star. There are people who are much more inclusive, who are way more understanding, who are so much more empathetic. Like this idea of just... I don't think Gen Z's shtick is going to be because I feel like my generation kind of brought in this like it's so cool to like be awful to people. I don't know. Maybe (laughs) maybe I'm making a generalization about it, but but it just feels like that's something that we're just coming out of and that we're finally entering this time where it's like empathy really takes uh, really takes the stage. And I, I appreciate that. And I know it's tropey to say I believe the children are our future, but I think that if this YouTube drama has taught us anything is that this is for real. Like this is not, people are not responding to this anymore and that's good. Now, the reason I really wanted to talk about this on the podcast, and not just because it involves YouTube, which we're all, we're always talking about because, um, because it's just such a big part of culture and society and it is a Google entity, which is why we cover it here on the podcast. But it's also just to, to ask the question, um, whose responsibility is it to keep this from sparking the way it does? Because 
this just seems really uh, irresponsible of YouTube, and in my opinion, this is this is my own subjective opinion. It just feels like why are there not, you know? And I know somebody's going to get very upset with me for saying this because this is not a progressive school of thought. But why is there no gatekeeper or somebody, somebody to tell you like this is what's allowed and this is what is not? And if you are putting somebody's life in danger, you're putting somebody, you're you're bringing harm to somebody's reputation. You know, you're not allowed here on this platform. But then again, if it is about numbers, why would you do that? Because it's the same thing as with, you know, um, trashy television, for instance, uh, or. One of the talk shows that comes to mind is, bless her, Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams <laughs> is known for being... Sometimes I'll watch Wendy Williams because I just want to know like what gossip she's putting out into the world. And she is messy, which is exactly why people love her. And I completely understand that. Um, but you don't have cable companies going to her and say, we're going to take you off. No, they want her on there because she brings all this viewership. She creates drama. She's, you know, it becomes a larger part of pop culture. And so I don't know. It's just to me, YouTube has grown into such such a big part of pop culture that it feels like the beast is just too big to contain now. And I think the only thing that we can do from here on out is make sure that the people who deserve to have the spotlight have it. And that does include, in the beauty YouTube sphere, that includes um, YouTubers like Raw Beauty Christie, Jackie Aina, uh, who is a person that I watch, um, I love her videos, uh, Nima Tang. They're not problematic. Uh, they, they're, they're good. They bring a special kind of light to this world that we've really been missing. And so I don't know. There's just YouTube is just turning into this giant purple monster that just cannot be contained. And yeah, I, I, I like to uh, one of the quotes from this uh, really, really nice article um, quoted another observer, Will Larkins. Uh, this quote is uh, saying, quote, this pyramid system where Shane and Jeffrey are kings and everyone else in below them is over. He added that, quote, the next generation of beauty influencers is going to be about artistry and not just drama. People are realizing we need more representation of people of color, Asians and every minority. The beauty world is a place to express yourself. The younger generation understands that better than the older beauty gurus. And I, I hope that really you know as as this Shane fellow is uh, you know cutting up another habanero pepper to dab into his eyes to make his later mm. <laughs> i'm mm. going to find the strength and the courage to make a I believe that's for an this. after effects filter that you can just yeah. apply you know you just <laughs> Face uh, tracking. i, I yeah. cried yeah uh, but <laughs> I, I i hope that i i know this is mean spirited but i hope that he suddenly feels 100 years old when he reads a quote like this and says the younger generation <laughs> understands that better than this out of touch older generation, I think because it's, yeah, that's that that sort of stuff hurts when you and usually it's the it's your reward from being incredibly uh, closed minded and uh, mm -hmm. incredibly condescending to the younger generations that you know oh I can manipulate them just like this I know exactly how to. Get reaching right there into their wallets and take out that old Bitcoin that they've got stored in there. All I got to do is take my baseball cap and turn it slightly askew thusly. 
And that's how I get my message. It's no, actually, they've been hip to your jive for so much longer than Andy you've been aware. And he just put this cap back, by the way, forward because he had put it off to the side. It was, yes. <laughs> it was a look, still, Andy. There's still some people my age who are like, I see them walking down the street like this and say, I'm sorry, did you just fall off your one wheel or something? Here, let me help you. You don't, you don't realize that, but your baseball cap is pointed at, I think thinks uh, north by northeast you really want due north on that sort of thing um but yeah it's it's see that my, my my concern is that we've been talking about this for a while that it is so easy to take the temperature of the room and to know exactly what this is it is the, this is the time that where the most uh the wisest thing to do is to do this this is why target was very very aware of the of how awful a lot of the Shane Fellows videos were, but they know that he has a huge following. His publisher knew that as soon as he his followers found out that he wrote a book, they could probably count on x tens of thousands of sales right there. And they didn't they they chose to not care about that until now. This becomes a, oh oh dear. Let me let me go on Amazon and buy a monocle and buy a martini glass so that I can insert the monocle into my right eye and pop and it will pop out in shock to show me show people how shocked I am. And now oh we're not going to have any of that bad bad person's books in our store now that we'll be held accountable for that. Oh let me tell you that. And YouTube is is really in the exact same position, yes. where they don't have that out to, uh, to to rely on, because the fact of the matter is they have lots of policies against exactly this sort of content, mm-hmm. and they have banned a lot of people with very very low subscriber counts for putting out stuff mm-hmm. like this. And also, there are many many people inside Google that uh, speak very very sincerely of how how hard they're working and how how important they think the goal is of making sure that YouTube is a safe place uh, for uh, for uh, not for everything, but for the things that people should be kept safe from. Hmm. Uh, ideas hmm. that the status quo does not like that is an unsafe idea and that should be promoted. But however, if you want to put on blackface and do your do your like nineteen 19- 10 uh, VFW smoker <laughs> uh, skit. No, no, you're not going to be allowed to do that. The thing is, as as these contributors uh, get millions more uh, subscribers, as their view counts uh, float up into the billions, as their plan, their business plans to manipulate, uh, manufacture and manipulate beefs between each other so that, okay, and then pointing on the the calendar they got from office depot mm-hmm. that okay and then on this date i will have my disc video against you now uh oh that's good so that uh, two days after the, now if you could mention uh this person i did a video with three years ago because i'm getting a twenty thousand dollar consulting fee to up his profile uh, so i will defend him in my video and he will then do his counter disc as it's and all that interaction and all that getting people to interact with and uh, and uh, interact with the with the service it means uh, more engagement it means that any advertisements that are attached to those videos become more valuable real estate and youtube makes more money youtube cannot be in the position where uh, rational people can observe and conclude that they want that controversy they want people mm-hmm. they don't want, uh, they're the rules against certain types of content are only against people who 
make that content into a liability for YouTube and not a positive cash flow situation. Mm-hmm. If you got 20 million people and you can increase the value of ads sold on your channel, go for it. And so long as so long as your story does not appear on uh, on the front page of Jezebel.com, we'll you know, we'll give you the naughty naughty finger wag. They have to they have to do stuff like I have to say that uh, Reddit is not their hands are not completely clean. They've been, mm-hmm. I, I do feel as though they're very they're quite earnest in trying to control a a community platform that was designed with the goal of not being controlled by a central entity, and now they're seeing. The problems of scale, but to their credit, when they say, "Okay, we have this," and one of the two thousand subreddits that we are removing from the service includes one that has eight hundred thousand people on it, all of whom are rabid supporters of Donald Trump. Somebody who can easily tweet once in a bored moment in the morning and make life hell for all of our employees. But if we are going to say that we are serious about these policy changes, we cannot give a pass to somebody who's bringing all that traffic to our service or else we are saying that we are perfectly okay with that. We just don't want to pay any cost for hosting that content. And so this is, this is the test that, that all of these young people that are, again, they grew up in this environment, which means that they can't be fooled by this environment as well as older people can, uh, because they, mm-hmm. they, they know what the nature of the beast is. They didn't have to define it in terms of something else they were already familiar with. So they are a lot smarter about this stuff than anybody age 30 and up are going to be. Uh, they have to make sure that if they want YouTube, if they want Reddit, if they want Twitter, if they want Facebook to continue to move forward uh, and to be relevant and appreciated by all generations, they have to actually make sure that they are being genuine about their their defense of their member base against hatred and we're not just talking about you know we're not just talking about racism we're not just talking about sexism we're not just talking about violence i mean one of the one of the other what amongst the 2000 subreddits that were deleted was a pretty pretty awful uh, anti trans uh, transgender mm-hmm. uh, sub uh, subreddit that was just how did this thing uh, why was this allowed to go this far for this long uh, there are so many groups that they're again they're not necessarily being written about on the front pages of of popular websites or the international newspaper of record, but they need to be defended. Or they they need to their community needs to be protected by the company that runs the service as strongly as any other group. And even though their voices are not as loud as some of the others that are fortunately being heard today, their voices are still important and. You can tell that I had my NPR show today because I'm still like talking about all the. I'm still thinking about all the stuff that got me really, really mad when I was writing when I was writing this the the top the news rundown yesterday, and I haven't wound down from it yet. So I'm sorry. Well, and then I sent this your way, and well, see the thing is, I've been de- dealing with this for <laughs> been dealing not dealing. Well, I've been hearing about this for years. So for me, finally to see. To see Shane Dawson get deplatformed, um, I would like to see more deplatforming happening over the next couple of weeks. YouTube, um, there's a lot of individual investigations I think that could be done out there. So let's take a wait and see approach to this right now because um, I could talk about it forever. I could talk about forever why why this matters. Um, but let's talk about some other things that matter. <laughs> yes, because we we do still have a couple other news items to get through. Um. And that just speaks to the breadth of how much, (laughs) 
how much weight YouTube carries in society. But anyway, so the next item in sort of this this uh, apology tour situation that's happening right now. Um, so Alphabet Unit Verily Life Sciences, which we've talked before uh, talked about before on this podcast, has suspended discretionary spot employee bonuses to fund diversity and inclusion initiatives. Okay. Um, I had sent this link to Andy yesterday and I kind of just skimmed it, but just from the headline of it, it, it didn't sound, it didn't sound good, Bob. Uh, so Verily employees have been working in crunch mode to develop the COVID website that Trump promised the country. Remember that? We also talked about that on this podcast. Um, so they've been working so hard that people who aren't coming in on weekends are accused of slacking off, according to employees. So the disappearance of this category of bonuses uh, seems, frankly, extra offensive and, and frankly, poorly timed. Employees were outraged and sent a letter to management. Uh, The letter was then obtained by Bloomberg. So Alphabet's clear message, according to employees, the company doesn't value any of these goals highly enough to put Alphabet's own money into them. Um, Verily spokesperson said, at this time, we think it's important we put our money where our mouth is and direct some of our discretionary funds, such as those typically used to fund a spot bonus program, which is separate and distinct of our annual bonus program, to bolster our efforts to ensure our products and services are accessible to the people who need them. This requires making a few small sacrifices, but why wouldn't we do that? And this is the point at which, if I worked at at, at, at Verily... <sighs> I'd be really I, pissed. I would be. I would. I would decide what pillow or piece of furniture am I going to pin this person's photo to, and then just punch once. <laughs> just once? You wouldn't take it out to a field and beat it mercilessly with a baseball bat? Yeah. That's what I would do. That, Sorry, that, that is, that's that violent. That is such but... a punchable <laughs> thing to say. Like, wait, wait, oh, sure. That I, I know that you're not seeing your friends and your family in the time of an international health crisis, and we're not, and our ability to at least make up for it by giving you these discretionary bonuses is is bumming you out. But why wouldn't we? It's a small sacrifice, and why wouldn't we, as management, do that? Like, yes, indeed. Why Why wouldn't you do that? Because as you have almost said, you are bastards. It, yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's, I'm thinking I'm thinking about all my friends who work at like Gilead and, uh, you know, who work at all the is it Gilead, Gilead. I, I always mix it up with the with the that Hulu show, um, which I don't watch because I, I can't live in that. Uh, it's just what what a what a smack in the face to your employees who are just like working really hard. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like when, like when, when like a, a waiter or waitress spends all night taking care of a table of like 12 people mm, and it's like an $800 yes, check. Yes. And yes. in the tip section of the envelope, it says I've made a donation to help workers causes across the world. And in, in your name, instead of tipping you, I said, okay, first of all, if you want to do that, that's great, but you should use your own money to do that. If you really feel about that, saying that I'm not going to throw away this this $130 I was going to give to this waiter who's been running running themselves ragged to help us all night long, I'm going to just take that as extra money that I didn't have to give this person that I'm going to give to a cause that I can then use as PR and let people know, oh, I've yeah, you know, I made that donation to that international worker cares. But you know what? You have to care. You have to be aware of the problems of other people. Honey, honey, honey. 
I've been, I've been rattling this empty water glass for how long? I'll tell you because you don't know, clearly. <laughs> it's, anyway, it's about the empathy that we have to have for all these people. You know, it's, again, walk the walk. Don't just do things that look good in a press release. I 100% agree. I also agree that we should maybe take a break because these yes. were two very hot topics and we are just we are just steaming. So let's take a quick break. Re- rehydration break, let's say. And now on to a piece of news that is sure to, well, keep us fuming. Um, I'm fuming <laughs> because I am the one paying for this in my family. So YouTube has decided to just really roll with it this week. So YouTube TV <laughs> rolled through a huge, huge price hike. Okay. And I'm not exaggerating when I say huge because you keep adding money. You keep $15 is a price hike. Okay. Um, the monthly subscription has now jumped from $50 a month to $65 a month. And that doesn't include the extras that you might be paying for. Uh, so just for example, that's I'm going to be paying. That's just to get the door. Yep. That's just to get into the door. I'm going to be paying around $80 a month because I also pay for HBO. $80 a month is basically the same thing that we were paying for cable back in the day when we were paying for it. Yeah. Like this is absolutely no different. This service launched at $35. And I remember when we talked about it here on the pod. I think we talked about it here on the podcast. We said, wow, cable TV for $35. I finally get access to these channels. Like, oh, thank God I get all my housewives for $35 a month. Not anymore. (laughs) Not anymore. Because now that YouTube TV has Viacom and CBS channels, I have to pay an extra $15. Those channels include BET, CMT, Comedy Central, MTV, Nickelodeon, Paramount Network, TV Land, and VH1 cool um yeah just for anybody out there who's wondering because y'all know that i love reality tv i don't like the reality tv that's on mtv and vh1 right i don't that to me is the lowest tier of reality tv compared to what i watch on a usual (laughs) basis okay there are tiers of this stuff um i like to watch the reality tv that really you know uh not only makes you laugh and cry, but also makes you really think about the state of the world. Um, MTV's reality TV no longer makes me, uh, it no longer has that effect on me. It definitely used to in the days of the real world, but the real world that I grew up with is 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 no more. So there's no use for me to have MTV. And I certainly am not watching Teen Mom because that's just incredibly exploitive. <laughs> Um, so, you know, on the plus side, I guess if you do want to give yourself, this is what I'm going to be convincing myself of as I'm still paying for this, YouTube TV still has, you know, unique set, a unique suite of digital services, including unlimited DVR storage, which like Hulu doesn't have, um, streaming from any device, three concurrent streams at any time, which is really helpful if you're paying for the whole family, as well as six distinct accounts per household. Um... Andy, I noticed you highlighted this in the doc. Any particular reason? Um, highlighted no. accounts per household? Oh. No, I didn't. That's just a okay. cursor pointer. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But I, but um, I thought that, yeah, if it's, <laughs> see, I mean, my my thing is like the, the reason why I cut cable a long time ago, I, I, I'm, I'm getting the minimum package of cable channels you can get in order to, in order for me to still get like a deal on broadband. And also, mm-hmm. be, and also because I, I kind of, I just want over the air channels. So if there's like a live special or live, live, like local sports, I can do that. 
but the the whole the whole thing that was that made us naively think years ago that oh someday the streaming channels are going to kick cable tv's butt because charging me like 85 dollars for 400 channels of which i only want three you know and when i the day that i can just buy the three channels i want for five bucks each that's what that's going to spell your doom comcast and verizon and now here we are once again 65 dollars again BET, CMT, Comedy Central, MTV, Nickelodeon, Paramount Network, TV Land, and VH1. Off the top of my head, I can't think of anything that airs on any of those stations that I would definitely need to have. Almost everything that is, almost every show that is on TV that I want to watch is on Hulu the next day. And when I decided to like cut to the very, very most basic cable TV package, the deal I made with myself is that, okay, I'll tell you what, if there is a show that you can't get on Hulu or one of the three different uh, services that you're actually subscribing to, you are allowed to buy the season, buy a season pass on, on the Google play store. So yes, I do. I do like watching. Uh, there's, there's part of, there's part of me that will always be like that six year old boy saying, Oh, look, there were, look at that, that vacant lot. They're, they're, they're using huge yellow construction equipment. And so, yes, the, 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 the watching, uh, watching Alaskan gold miners operate heavy machinery. That's worth $25 to me to get the entire like 22 episode season and i still wind up so way ahead of the game and it is a dvr essentially because i own it and it will always be in my account and i do have to wait like one day to get it but like now i can watch any season i want the idea of having control over my cable tv uh, and also as i said at the beginning of the show there's so many youtube channels that i really really love like this is winter today was winter garden wednesday meaning that the the, the person who's making that wonderful musical machine, he posts a new video every Wednesday. And today it was all about, well, there's this track in which the marbles, after they play the instrument, they have to return back to the little elevator that lifts them back up so they can make another marble run. And he was unhappy with like the look of the, the, the marble track he designed a few months ago. So he was, wanted to design a brand new one. And I don't think there's anything on network TV Short of Bob's Burgers, I will always. That's always in the highest echelon. But almost anything that I could possibly have been paying cable for, there's nothing that I look forward to more than Winter Garden Wednesdays or the time when, like, when Techmoan has. And no, here's a when the Pioneer Corporation had a kind of winter hat that was also a mini disc player. Like, wow, that was freaky. Why did they? Oh, I'm in. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Techmoan. It's 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 this is this is the doom of the of the cable companies where people who are making and they don't get the twelve they don't have to do the sort of things you have to do to get twenty million subscribers. He has like these people have like a hundred thousand subscribers or a few hundred thousand subscribers plus a Patreon so they can make a comfortable living doing what they do with a limited audience that absolutely will not miss a certain episode a single episode of what they do. But it's like ah, sixty five dollars for this service. That is when, guess what? I'm jumping. I'm, I've got my parachute. I'm DB Cooper. I'm jumping out of this airplane with the two hundred thousand dollars. You're not getting my money. I'm gonna continue paying for it because I will find a reason to watch any of these channels. I just realized sure. that this is going to unlock lifetime for me, which is great because I, <laughs> I, I do, I do love a terrible lifetime movie. Um, listen, we all know who I am as a person, and I, I own it. Uh, but I am unhappy with it because, it, again, like you said, Andy, this go- completely goes against the whole point of this is supposed to be the anti-cable. And as we are learning here, Google took no 
made no effort to try and be a an ally for those of us who did not want to pay cable prices for cable TV. I was hoping to at least, if I would have shown some allegiance to YouTube TV, that Google would have said, okay, well, in that case, we're going to pay the money to Viacom and Discovery Networks and NBC and all these big names. We're going to pay the money and we're going to give you the savings. We're not going to make you pay that because we can we can do this. Like We, we can pay for all this content and not really make a loss on it. Uh, and you can pay us this, this amount for all of these channels. Like That's what I wanted. Or at least to have Google say, you know what? What would you like? Would you like to Discovery Networks? Okay, great. What would you like to add to that? Like, that's what I want. I want tears. Uh, and thus far, the only one that I know that really does that is Sling TV. But their the techni- technology of their streaming, their apps, is very uh, has a lot of has a lot of work that needs to be done. Their apps are just do not work well with casting. It's just, there's a whole yeah. bunch of, it, they constantly crash and I just don't like the way they work. Um, I, I'm disappointed about this, uh, but get back to me in a couple of months because I don't know, we'll see. This is, this is a, a significant amount of money. <laughs> so what's a, what's, <laughs> as, as the service gets, gets into, I think it's fifth year, fourth year, whatever. It's like it's. It reminds me of that line from uh, the, I think the second Christopher Nolan Batman movie. Hmm. Where you either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. Hmm. So, I uh, I think that now YouTube TV has become a cable TV style villain. But hmm, hmm, hmm. Uh, moving on to another sort of lighter, interesting bit of news. So Google has acquired North. This was a big deal on Twitter the other day. I wasn't able to really dive into it. Uh, The maker of Google Glass-style smart glasses that look like actual eyeglasses. This acquisition was announced in a blog post from our friend, Rick (laughs) Osterloh. North's technical experience will help as we continue to invest in our hardware efforts and ambient computing future. (laughs) They'll join the Google team based in Kitchener, Waterloo, Canada, North's hometown in an area with impressive tech talent. Happy Canada Day to our neighbors from the North. If relative to also, uh, to the continental United States. Also celebrating stolen land, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, listen, I call it like I see it. That's fine. Uh, that's North, fine. <laughs> North Spark glasses are indeed akin to the Google Glass, uh, much more than the Microsoft HoloLens, uh, but they tether to a phone and display notification-style sheets rather than creating a full augmented reality environment. So you're not getting this like heads yeah. up, like, hello. You're getting more of a... Hey, here's the screen that's attached to your face. <laughs> that's right. what it sounds like to or, me. Hey, dummy, turn left at the next street corner. Or exactly, um, they use a laser beam scanning display. A laser fires across the inside surface of the lens and bounces a light into your eye, creating the image. Doesn't sound doesn't sound dangerous at all. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> actually, it's more dangerous to the lens, and that's one of the problems they're having with the technology. Mm. Like, I'm I'm wearing my usual like office glasses right now, and there's like mm-hmm. a a scuff like right up here in the in the corner of the lens that I'm not going to, I don't feel the need to spend $350 to replace that. And lens I can't because, tell on this end. Right. Exactly. Plus, and I don't, I don't see it. It's not in my field of vision, but if I've spent 600 to a thousand dollars on these special, mm. like heads, heads up display lenses. And because of a little scuff that just plain happens, if you're wearing your glasses all day long, now that now it can't actually display anything accurately. 
that's a problem. I'm not. I'm not going to mm-hmm. give you another six hundred dollars for another one of these. That, but it was an. Int- but it was an interesting thing in that you could be. They the the glasses were uh, style wise a little bit on the shall we say Michael Caine end of the spectrum, but certainly within the normal spectrum of eyeglasses, nobody would suspect that you're wearing a connected device uh, embedded into into your eyegla- eyeglasses, which is exactly the whole point of ambient computing that. You know, I Google Glass. It was. I I think that a lot of people. I don't think it gets gets enough credit for how good a device it was. But mm-hmm. people have to deal with the fact that you've got this thing <laughs> on your face that is clearly a technical device that, at worst, might be interrupting visually the conversation you're having with the wearer of this thing, and at worst, might be shooting video of you as you go. So. Mm-hmm. This is this is definitely style wise the the direction things which should be going. Um, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, and you know, Ars Technica had a great uh, kind of breakdown of the acquisition. We're going to link to that in the show notes. Uh, and there was. A- a good quote, just kind of uh, about the move that facilitated this. So by all accounts, the company was not doing well before Google bought it. <laughs> After the January 2019 launch, Focals laid off 150 employees in February 2019, a substantial portion of the over 400 people it employed. Josh O'Kane, the reporter who broke the acquisition story for the Toronto-based Globe and Mail, said on Twitter, we've learned the company likely sold very, very few Focals and was running out of money. So of course, that's when, you know, as a company, you would go and knock on the door of Google and Microsoft and would you like to buy us please buy my product please and if you're not um, interested and- in buying the company are you, are you going to finish that sandwich exactly <laughs> exactly uh this you know this will be good i think for uh f- for them to pick up where glass kind of left off so i guess again i wait and see approach for this one uh, yeah, good, it'll, it'll, it'll be cool because they are acquiring the staff. Uh, of course, they're going to be acquiring the technology. It would be very, very cool to see technology like this. Guess what? You now have a two and a half year to three year breather from having to actually make money. We're giving you two years to actually develop, develop this with our help and so that it integrates with the most impressive suite of mobile and cloud-based apps and services on the planet. Like, okay, we feel mm-hmm. optimistic all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And I, by the way, I really like the renders. So when you get a chance, check out the Ars Technica article. There's a little gallery in there of, of renders of how this would work. And uh, it looks neat. It looks super neat. Um, another little bit of news before we take a quick break um, to settle down for our after dinner mint. This one is just something to look forward to next week, July 8th. A week from when we're doing the podcast, uh, which is on a Wednesday, Google is holding a smart home virtual summit. And uh, likely we're going to hear a lot about the assistant content that would have been originally shared with us at the Google I.O. keynote. Michelle Turner, the product management director of the smart home ecosystem, will deliver the 45-minute keynote. And according to the Google developer blog announcement, she will share our recent smart home product initiatives and how developers can benefit from these capabilities. She will also introduce new tools that make it easier for you to develop with Google Assistant. We will also be hosting a partner panel where you can hear from industry leaders on how they navigate the impact of COVID-19 and their thoughts on the state of the industry. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see some new Nest hardware or yeah. or maybe finally we'll, I don't know what else we need Assistant to do. Maybe yeah. Assistant will finally give us some life advice when we <laughs> ask it. Hey, they've, they've, they've also given the, the us the floor is on fire game, so I don't know how much more we should ask you know, by the way, I that was 
to do with the Netflix show, right? Did we talk about that last week? I can't no, remember. No, but I, I oh, I have to I have to say that that's for like a good eight seconds. It gave me like a hell of a fright because I think I think I'd even just like just finished doing our show and then like later on like wrapped closed down the office for the night, picked up Netflix and seeing that uh, on uh, picked up the remote mm-hmm. for my Android TV and in the deck of like Netflix, all the different apps, Netflix had like the second recommendation was a show called The Floor Is On Fire, The, the Floor Is Lava, and I'm like, wait a minute, I. I know that I'm the one who's always telling people, no, there are not microphones that are always recording everything you say so <laughs> that it can like, but that's a, de- and that, okay, it is a brand new show that just, <laughs> that just started airing, which is why they're promoting it. And maybe that's also a reason why the assistant has that. Okay. It, it was, it's, it's, it's a delightful, it's a delightful show, a mix of Legends of the Hidden Temple and, uh, and, the other the other one where people are just falling off and hurting themselves all the time. <laughs> anyway, it's it, it it's a good mindless entertainment. You're suddenly making me think it is time for some one of these streaming channels to revive Super Sloppy Double Dare. Because, oh yes, or or at least just... they tried reviving it and it didn't take off. They tried reviving <laughs> Double Dare, um, or just or just not... <laughs> charge charge me fifty bucks just to run the course whenever I want. <laughs> Ooh, ooh, wait, I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick the giant foam rubber nose and find the flag. Ooh, look, it's all filled with oh no, it's covered in gack. Ooh. Here's another 50. Can I go through again? I feel as though that's what we need of this breath of fresh air in our times today. Yes, but I, I do have and I'm not saying this as a as a commentary on anybody's <laughs> anybody's physical state, but you do realize you have to be very physically fit to do those <laughs> obstacle courses. I'm just saying from what I've watched and the fact that I'm just, you know, I'm I'm feeling very out of shape these days. Uh it's it definitely <laughs> makes me think, God, I I I re- I need to probably get to keep the bike in some circles. <laughs> and that would be fun actually. I would love that. <laughs> um let's take a quick break and then we're gonna have a quick little mint. And we're gonna start off this segment by me shaking my head. This is this is this is wonderful. <laughs> this is this is ingenuity, international humanity reaching from the abyss of despair that is 2020 and creating something wonderful. Okay, let, let, look at, may, may I take this one? Yes, I do, have, I, I do have some skin in this game. <laughs> okay, so uh, I can't stop laughing. One of the lesser apps in the Google Suite is, of course, Google Slides. This is, of course, the presentation app, presentation suite, uh, which you can create. You know, a presentation that's called Google Slides, uh, and so there is a store. <laughs> called in Europe called dadjokes.shop that thought this was funny enough that uh, they created their own version of Google Slides. So they have for $30 in a range of, uh, of shoe sizes, you can buy a pair of like sandals slides as it were with the Google Slides logo on them, thus giving you a pair of Google Slides. And uh, again, to 20, we're only halfway through 2020. We still have as much as we've been through. We've got that much to get through as it is. Uh, yesterday, Carl Reiner left us, left us mm-hmm. at the way too soon age R. of 98. I, uh, I was it was 4 a.m. when I came across like the listing, and I just had to I had to decide for myself that I I take. Uh, I'm in the market for like some simple like slip ons to wear around the house. I think that's hysterically funny. And I have $30 and not only do I have $30, I'm going to make another $30 darn quickly. 
good Lord willing. And I'm going to order a pair of Google slides. They should be in my position in two weeks. I can't wait. I can't wait for you to wear these. These are amazing. I kind of wish <laughs> I I saved my money for these instead of, uh, I sh- shouldn't admit this out loud because it's going to be on the record, but uh, back in the day before I realized how awful they were, I, I bought some Kim Kardashian merchandise, <laughs> one of which is a pair of slides. With wait, a, when, you, a when, you, when you say how awful they were, are you, are, is they referring to the merchandise or the people? The the people. Okay. I mean, I knew like people gonna just 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 from my own. You knew they were awful. Like okay, but like I didn't realize anyway. I was. I I wish I had saved my money because these are way more awesome. Plus, you wear these around, people be like, "Why are you wearing (laughs) a Google product as your?" I'm I'm looking forward to you getting these. Yes, they're tracking you. You're within four feet of them. Bluetooth LE has already gotten the ID from your phone and is recording our conversation as we speak. (laughs) I have to say this dad jokes shop has some interesting (laughs) products. Um, One of them is a shirt that says it takes guts to be an organ donor. There you go. See, which does exactly what it says on the package. It is a dad joke. Which is not a negative thing. I we we used to simply in my day that we simply called them bad jokes, and we appreciated them as the legitimate form of comedy that they actually were. But yeah, it's I, I also also I feel as I, the other reason why I have to say that I bought them last night is that I feel as though on the the internal Google message board there was an announcement that these things are available. And this, and as soon as like in a couple of weeks, there's going to be another message saying, "Okay, is everybody who wanted to buy them buy them? Everyone's bought the ones they want. Okay, now we can actually sue them and to make them take it down and give them a cease and desist. But we want to make sure that everybody at Google who wanted a pair could buy a pair before we pulled the trigger on this. And and you can buy them with Google Pay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is right here. Buy with T-Pay. So uh, free shipping. They ship anywhere internationally. And uh, so dadjokes.shop, if anybody is interested, get them before the cease and desist letter goes out. Uh, Damn, that was great. I should, I should buy another pair just to have them, like one for display purposes. Yeah, you should. And then you could sell them on eBay a couple of years from now. I imagine eBay will still be around. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was great. Andy, I had actually not, when I studied the doc today, I forgot to kind of like go all the way to the end because I was so fixated on the, you know, drama get in. And so this that was a nice that was a nice after dinner mint. Thank you. There you that go. Was Cleanse great. the palate that nicely. Did it. That was great. Um speaking of cleansing the palate, uh <laughs> that actually is not a segue, but whatever. You know gonna, you, you know what else is not a yes. segue? The Segway personal transporter which was was officially ended ended the marketplace last week. You can Really? Only- now the three thousand dollars Segway uh, personal transporter uh, from Dean Kamen that you laughed at and did not want to buy and had no chance of actually buying for three thousand dollars is now off the market. They've de- they've they decided that everybody who was going to buy one has already bought one, and so what's the point? Oh my gosh! How did I miss this? The Segway is officially over. Mm-hmm. Wow! So what are people going to do now when they when they do tours of Golden Gate Park? <laughs> Like how are you going to get around? How are you going to how are you going to do tours? We need another way of looking dorky. I'm sure we will find a way. The humans they are they we are an aspirational species. If nothing wow. else, wow, wow. What is the Waz going to do? What is he yeah. going to write on? 
Steve, Steve Wozniak, not, see, not only did, he's not just a fan of the personal transporter. Like when he, like, at least when he flew to Boston, like he actually, he and his wife actually packed two segways as baggage so that they would have not just segways, but their own personal segways at their disposal. I mean, he was event. playing segway polo at a park in, in Sunnyvale every weekend. So that was like the thing he was known for. Um, see, I don't know we, if they're still doing that. We can, can, I, can, I, can I just say that uh, we make fun of the hippies, but boy, the 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 hippie tech billionaire generation, they really knew how to do it. Okay, you got you got your Steve you got Steve Wozniak who said, "Hey, I'm I'm a billionaire. I'm going to put on a music festival because there's a whole bunch of bands that I want to see. So let's have, let's create this thing called the US Festival." And you get Bill Gates who, okay, he went through the he went through the Microsoft thing, but it's also you know what? Now that I've got a kajillion dollars, let's get polio done. Let's finish polio and some other stuff like that. You don't get the sort of stuff where you see that I'm now wearing an orange hat. And this hat is not just a hat. It's made of special fibers that are solar inductive, self-replenishing, and also act as low-energy beacons. So, uh, yes, uh, Mr. Tawalowitz, uh, but we did want to talk about uh, worker abuses at your factory. I've got a longer-range vision of the future. Now let's get back to the hat. Every family will have three of these hats. They won't have four because... See, it's not like, hey, I'm going to spend all my money on a rock festival. Or, hey, let's... It's, uh, <sighs> I want to be Steve Jobs, only palpably evil. And totally irresponsibly. Um... All right, that's that's the end of our podcast okay. this week. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I mean, the difference between Steve Jobs and, and Zuckerberg is that, like, all the stories about Steve Jobs make you think that my God, he had like an ego the size of a trade ship barge, and boy, he had like a, a real like a disconnection from reality. But then you feel like, okay, that was technically true, but the people who actually work with him, like, actually have the real story about how he was actually very accommodating, and people would argue with him, and he would say, okay, you've made the right point. Rest Zuckerberg is that, look, I'm like Steve Jobs, only my the one t-shirt that I wear all the time has short sleeves. Ha! Accurate hey, groups, representation. Hey, groups, welcome! Ha! Okay, accurate yes, representation um and i would argue it's a generational differences but that's not the here nor there i do believe that the children are our future um when i look in my daughter's beautiful face every day uh i do believe that she is the future that is going to to drive us to greatness so on that note <laughs> and eventually thank you, Gen Z. To cvs to help you pick up your prescriptions oh my gosh right <laughs> Um, Let's just say there are lots of advantages to having children. I need to be nice to her so she can <laughs> she can actually she'll want to do that for me uh, when it comes to. Although by then maybe we'll have self driving cars that aren't run by other <laughs> egomaniacs that come from emerald diamond fortunes. Uh, well, you know what? Bicyclists shouldn't be riding bicycles anyway. We're just mm. helping to thin out. We're just helping to open up lanes of traffic by just you know giving a little bump into the into the brush. <laughs> we feel uh, as though this is a self-healing problem yeah you see uh, it's all right that's that's the end of our show this week I we you so. know we 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 love you all so thank you for tuning in every week this is this is great um we'd love to have these discussions 
to an audience. And hey, if you want to support us, it goes far. Uh, if you subscribe to a, a membership here at Relay FM, so you can go to relay.fm slash material. Uh, look at the different tiers of memberships that you can subscribe to. You not only support us at Material Podcast, your favorite podcast, but you also support the rest of the Relay FM family and you get a bunch of perks that come with it, some of which are pretty awesome. Maybe it's um, an orange bowler hat that I was teasing earlier. Mm-hmm. I'm not promising anything. I'm just putting mm-hmm. that idea in your head. Mm-hmm. And it's lies uh, like that, that you'll get far, far more of if you help support us and the whole rest <laughs> of the Relay FM team. With your hey, your lies like these don't come cheap, okay? Uh, JK, it's, JK. The lies are easy. It's dodging the repercussions after that really runs into some money. And that's why mm-hmm. we're, at, we're asking you for whatever you can pledge. Yes, please. It helps us with our legal fees. Uh, <laughs> until next week, everybody. Uh, have a wait a minute before we go. This is the part where, Andy, I'm supposed to toss it to you and you're supposed to tell us what you're up to this oh. week. <laughs> no, How could I the- forget? Just the usual thing, again, setting fire to my living room by making s'mores in a very unadvised way. Uh, I did my weekly show Which for Boston Which you told NPR. everybody to do this. Uh, I didn't anyway. tell them to do that. I just simply told, I, I created a You just simply a, a, a linked us to the Amazon, picture. to the Amazon page where you can buy this thing. But anyway, well, go I, did, on. I, I didn't mention that the interior of my living room is made of like furnace grade brick. And I certainly would not have done it if not... Uh, the walls, the floor, the sofa, the lamp, and the TV were all made of this this kiln grade brick. Hmm. So if hmm. you've got a if you've got a home made exclusively and furnished exclusively and decorated exclusively in, in furnace grade uh, brick and cement work, then go right ahead. Uh, but yeah, so uh, go to uh, go to wgbhnews.org uh, to uh, listen to what I was talking about today. They should it should be up and available for streaming by then. And as usual, go to my Instagram, my Twitter, all that sort of stuff. Spell my last name I H N A T K O. And as for me, I have a website, florenceion.com. It is the flow feed. Haven't updated it uh, recently, but I will be updating it over the holiday weekend. I've got a couple of to-dos on my list of, uh, you know, personal things to do. And also, if you go to flowrights.tech, it's a cute little little page that I made. Um, and I've been posting little clips from Material Podcast that you can here there if you're just kind of curious about what we dive in every week so check that out if you feel like it or you just want to know where i am on the internet um until next week everybody have a very safe holiday whatever you're celebrating whatever you're not celebrating whatever if you're just taking the day off because they're giving it to you good for you um but just be safe and uh wear your mask please it's it helps people Really appreciate and, and, that. and remember, dogs get real scared from fireworks, so don't light them off. Also, be sure to heed the warnings of your local fire department as aired at your local 11 p.m. newscast. If you have a child mannequin, uh, do not allow your child mannequin to play with fireworks because child mannequins, when they play with fireworks, boy, do they lose hands like no one's business. Also, don't don't allow, on the same, same note, don't allow your watermelons uh, to play with fireworks uh, because you you let a watermelon play with a firework, and again, according to the eleven o'clock nightly local news, as sponsored by uh, co- connections to your local fire department, uh, they'll just like hold on to that thing until it just completely explodes. So you can't trust a watermelon with a with a commercial grade firework. Okay, so you just told us to make s'mores with a blowtorch. Okay, we we got to end this podcast because Andy is putting too many bad ideas in our head. This is. Uh... <laughs> oh, oh, I suppose that you don't want people to have their watermelons protected and their child mannequins uh, protected. 
I think there's a lot of people out there who want to see a watermelon explode. I'm shocked. I'm just shocked. Shocked. Shocked (laughs) I am. Until next week, everybody. Bye. Have a happy.